cutting through the pea super to 20s London for you, where it's all playing out in binary. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Thursday, the 4th of March. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Good to see you guys. Have you managed to find your way through through the fog of last night to your respective studios? How about how about you, Pete? You seem to have made it out of your pajamas. I never left. Oh, or not? I just, I'm still <laughs> in my gym jams. I'm still in my gym jams, and I am unrepentant, quite frankly, because I look what can only be described as magnificent. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's uh, festive. These are these are these are. These are actually my on-screen pyjamas uh, and on-shore pyjamas because beforehand, um, a promotional company who were promoting the uh, re-release of the video game Ghosts and Goblins, if you remember that from back in the uh, 80s and 90s, um, sent me a pair of um, spotty boxer shorts. So that's what I've been rocking uh, for the past day <laughs> in my home. Uh, and I've actually dressed up for this, uh, but I'm still wearing pyjamas. So you are you are lucky, both of Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you always dress up for us, though, All don't right. you, Brass? I know, right? Yeah, I, I can't I quite fit into my son's Super Mario onesie, so unfortunately you're, you're denied <laughs> that. It does have the Your hood son's. with like yeah. little cap. <laughs> we'll get we'll get you a big one. I know you're dressed now, Andy, so I can sense you. <laughs> yeah, I feel nostalgic for the times when I wasn't. <laughs> Why have you guys been hanging out at Andy Brussels' address illegally? Uh, no, I, I sent Andy a microphone, right, uh, right. and I also sent him some poppers as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent him a pop shield and Andy went, ooh, poppers, lovely. And I went, right, I'm definitely sending him some poppers now. And you can buy them on Amazon, who knew? Sorry, not poppers, room orderizers. Oh. Probably everyone knew, Pete, because we have all been indoors for a year. <laughs> <laughs> My God, haven't we just... We're all, play- we're all um, playing dead like a possum, guys, aren't we? Yes. This Apparently. is something no one knows about. Is that? Am I right? I want to get onto Vish about this. No one's ever heard of possums, correct? No one's ever heard of possums. I mean, that's a, that's a bigger claim than, than, than what was said yesterday. <laughs> Will you be acting like a possum at any stage in this uh, in this recording, Russ? Well, you know what? I you, you really stress me out, actually, and I'm a difficult person to stress out. But you Stop sent it. me a message late last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, we're, exactly. Do you halfway know about through, possums? <laughs> halfway halfway through my headache, and you're like, we're spending ten minutes talking about possums tomorrow, and you better be ready for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to enjoy a nice little goalless draw, a match of the day where none of us can actually see the ball. <laughs> That was beautiful. Um, should we? Well, let's. We're going to cut straight to the big one. I think it's only fair to talk about Sheffield United beating Aston Villa. The charges on eleven games to go for Sheffield United. That is, they've got three points. They did an absolutely brilliant job, and the goal was amazing. Absolutely amazing vision from David McGoldrick for the winner, his sixth goal of the season. He set up the pass and ran into the area, finished. Brilliant. Uh, Phil Jagielka then took out Anuel Garzi um, and got a red, but they managed to hold on. And I frankly, Pete, could not believe it. <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a very fun goal because he ended up over the hoardings almost <laughs> because he he um and and he he had no right to sort to sort of be able to finish that because it was poor tracking from from Aston Villa but I'm I'm really happy for him because he's I think 
United. Yes, I said United. Uh, probably expected a few more goals from him uh, last season after after getting a load in the Championship, but it didn't kind of work out that way. So it's good to see that he's sort of leading the scoring uh, in a terrible ski uh, <laughs> season for Sheffield United. Uh, but but you know it's it's good to see him with the ball in the net, especially when players like Burke really just are not pulling their weight for for, for Sheffield United. I don't really know what he's got to do to get dropped that fella. But uh, Bramall Lane isn't exactly a happy hunting ground for uh, Villa. Um, so I don't know whether this is just the hoodoo of Villa visiting uh, Sheffield United or just the tiniest of tiny green shoots. Maybe they will escape. Well, on a few off wins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, building up the Newcastle tension. Newcastle in free fall. Come on. Yeah. Put that muck in my arms. Right, that's your prediction, is it? Newcastle overtaken by Sheffield United on the last day of the season. I don't even know if that's numerically possible, but yeah, you're, prob- you're probably right. I mean, I don't think Burke is having that good of a time. He got taken off. He came on at 60 minutes and got taken off at 89, so I'm not sure that he's... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he is terrible. <laughs> he's playing really badly. And also, the whole team have got, have got a terrible... They've got a terrible injury list in a league full of injury lists, and he's still getting... And I guess that's why he's getting his match, but wow. Wilder's definitely set up to draw in that match and, and, and inexplicably they managed to win it so he's uh, he's good for his booze I think I mean, sure, <laughs> surely the only more weird thing that could happen in this weirdest of, of seasons is if Sheffield United from current position signed Carlos Tevez as a free agent and he scored the goal to keep him up <laughs> on the last day of the season yes but please I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ruling it out you know <laughs> a month after no, he, drawing he will, level he, they're officially better than, Uni- than United they're officially better than Derby in the 07-8 season come on <laughs> so is it time for Blaze fans to get really really excited and crack out the champagne what was Wilder saying all the beers the players might have had tonight I'll do that in place of them that's nice it's not nice that's sinister and quite dark I realise <laughs> <laughs> as I read as I read it out I don't know it's just uh, you know it's just nice obviously uh, Aston Villa without Jack Grealish what side in the world wouldn't wouldn't miss a player like that but there is something of a fi- or is there a feel good factor let me rephrase that question Brass is there a feel good factor of a possibly fundamentally irrelevant win at this stage of the season on a night like yeah. last night well, it's, it's as you say, Kate. It's not irrelevant because they've got past Derby's low watermark, which is, I, I guess, important. Um, I mean, even even if you think they're completely done, and yes, I think they're completely done. Just giving a bit of a lift to the supporters after a pretty miserable season. I, I don't. I don't think you can trivialise that. Actually, I think it's worth celebrating these little victories. And I think th- that's kind of how you justify things to yourself as a as a football fan. <laughs> these little like micro moments of hope, isn't it? I, I think that's. I, I think, think that's fine. I also think it's fine if Chris Wilder wants to lock himself in his office and have loads of beers. <laughs> it was one one of those things that um, I, th- I think it was after Eintracht Frankfurt beat Bayern Munich the other week. And um, one of the TV crews was trying to stop Martin Hinteregger, the Eintracht defender. And he's like, I'll be back in a minute because he was carrying like a crate of beers into the dressing room. (laughs) And you think, this isn't very top flight. But then you think, well, it says to me that you're not getting out at the moment. So I I, I quite (laughs) liked it. Yeah, there's no choice but to booze in your workplace, is there, Pete? No, no, I'm I'm currently recovering from a massive hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? Tell us more. No, not really. <laughs> not really. I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was working quite late last night. Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. 
well, well, that's really nice. It's nice to see you, mate. I think you're looking you're looking really well yeah. as previously discussed. Previously discussed. I mean, possibly Villa needed that fancy football downtime to keep themselves sharp on the pitch, eh? Because they was it last week they were banned from it because of all the le- all the leaks about what players were up to and mm. Grealish being out of the squad. Yeah, I'd really not realised until this year how seriously people take fantasy football let me rephrase that I'd not realised until I met Jules Breach yeah. how oh. seriously some people take fantasy football how can you be telling us this you know there are but, but, but yeah I think I, I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of understandable but look for, for Villa I think this is just one of those games you can write off and I think there have got to be a lot of these games that you just write off this season that it's just one of those things. I don't think you can be too hard on yourself. I mean, we'll come to Palace versus Manchester United in a in a bit, I'm sure. But th- there seems to be when we as a football society are looking at games, a lot of condemnation of highly understandable inconsistency this season, mm. which I, f- I find a bit a bit annoying, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. What do you think people are Best league in the world, Andy. Best league in the world. We'll come on to it in a minute and talk about bloody uh, Palace United. But yeah, it seems like people aren't really taking that seriously. I'll tell you who I feel bad for, though, um, on that Villa defeat are this incredible bunch of fans in Ghana. Do you guys know about them? The, uh, yes. The, what, are they, mm. what are they called? The Ghana Lions. So... I was just reading about how one man's love for Paul McGrath has led to this small town in Ghana, all of them becoming Villa fans. Um, they talked to the guy who runs the Villa fan club in the village uh, called Awusu Amando. He said, every Sunday morning it is our routine. We have to be fit and more active so that we can chant I think like football chants. So we do exercises and after that we chant and chant and we go on more than three hours. We come back and we start the chants using the names of footballers who play for Villa and then we chant against the opponents we come to play against. We do some chants and then we all watch them play again. I mean, it's amazing, like the training that they're putting in to their support of Aston Villa. I just, it's just a beautiful thing, I yeah, think. Yeah, but it, they sort of said it's all about Paul McGrath, isn't it? There's mm. only one God, but there's also a God in football, and his name is Paul McGrath. And obviously, for for younger listeners, they you know they probably never never saw Paul McGrath play. But if there was an organised religion where like the priest had a lovely syrupy Irish lilt to his voice, and um, in his vestment pocket had a little Bobby Baggio and Signori <laughs> in there. And, 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 instead of communion, it was Guinness time. I would be well into that religion, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, it was the grandfather of the guy who runs the fan club, apparently. So this has been part, you know, mm. this is going to be passed down through the generations. Um, I mean, I mean, they, they, they've been supporting Aston Villa for such a long time. They even went through the, obviously, the, the high water mark of Ghanaian football in Tony Yaboa and they didn't switch allegiances to Leeds. So, you know, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> if you want to look this up, guys, there's clips online of hundreds of people with... UTV daubed across their chests in this like amazing village dancing to their own <laughs> personal chants. It is so good. Although I hope obviously off the back of that a joy for Sheffield United I hope that, that we haven't got them down on the 1-0 defeat. Let's get to Selhurst Park shall we if we can find it. Three goalless draws on the bounce for Manchester United and and yes this was one too. <laughs> Crystal Palace nil, United nil. I thought Vicente Guaita was probably the best thing about this 
game, but I'm willing to take any other offers. Andy. Joel Ward. Bit of Joel Ward. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think we'll throw a bit of Joel Ward in there. <laughs> Before we get on to Manchester United, was anyone else a bit struck by Roy Hodgson's chat afterwards? It, it sounded like some sort of leaving speech when he talked about how all these guys had um, done the right thing for the club for the last three years and he was he was so proud of them and grateful for what they'd achieved and all the rest of it. If he is doing some sort of leaving speech... It seems a bit early, unless he's going in for the whole, you know, Kobe Bryant farewell tour. <laughs> is he? Is he? Uh, was he carrying a, like a carriage clock under his arm for a spit, painting of a spitfire? Blank, blank checkbook and pen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless his, his, his cotton socks! What what a, what a career! And, and if he does choose to, uh, to to leave at the end of the season, I think Jonathan Wilson wrote on the Guardian like, what what will he be remembered as? Like, how, what will be his crowning achievement? What will it be? Is is crowning achievement be Andy? <laughs> but it's it's really it's really difficult for Palace, isn't it? Because um, you know, I, they're not one of those clubs that get talked about a lot, especially as they're under Roy Hodgson, which is his major achievement. Never really in danger of or, or serious danger of relegation, but they're never going to mm. break into the European places. And I sense from like listening to Palace fans who are, who I know and online, there's this real split between those who um, think. Uh, you know, some you know, he's, he's someone who keeps us up all the time. He's he's done an incredible job, and that sense of yeah, the football's tedious. And when I say there's a split, there's a split between people who watch the games and people who don't watch the games. <laughs> <laughs> because I think outside the club, the view is very much Roy Hodgson's reliable. He's kept him in the Premier League. He deserves all the credit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think most. Palace fans who watch all the matches, uh, we simply can't watch this anymore. We're coming to the end of mm. something. And I don't mean particularly in relation to this Manchester United game, but, you know, I, how many shots have they had on target this year? It, it's very few, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll have the numbers somewhere there, Kate. But 24 shots on target across their 12 in games, how many games in, tw- in 2021. Yeah, it's I mean, not that's a lot. Not, <laughs> that's not fun, is it? And it's, it's hard to sell this just kind of inertia in no man's land in the middle of the Premier League and I know people will say oh you know Swansea Charlton all those clubs who thought it was boring being stuck in the middle of the Premier League and 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 look at them now but the the reality is that football should be a joyful experience and Mm. if the football's like that for too long it just isn't after a while and though he's done an incredible job there is that sense that they're coming to the end of something with all those players contracts up with quite an aging squad the sense that they have to do something and if it's a risk well fine <laughs> like life is a risk you know and yeah i think that, yeah. that, that was the, that was the worst thing about this game really that there was very little risk taking with palace you don't expect them to to take those risks with manchester united i simply think they weren't able to i mean they've attracted a lot of criticism for their performance but the reality is you look at how many games um bruno Fernandes and marcus rashford, rashford. have played well, why wouldn't they look like walking dead yeah, I mean, do we check the tips? Are we sure that there wasn't a, a little goal scored at some point in that match? Because <laughs> it was really hard to see. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, Palace had shot. I, uh, it's good to give credit to Palace, even though the experience is perhaps duller than you would would want. Um, you know, there was a good chance for Patrick Van Aanholt at the death. 
um, they basically take that approach, don't they, to sap the energy out of a lot of games and then watching it in this like cold, misty, deserted Selhurst Park while the Manchester United players look like a bunch of zombies. I mean, it was pretty, pretty bizarre. It was sort of like a metaphor for what's the end of this pandemic football experience has been I felt like Pete I mean they they just gradually wore everyone out I think you know Everett Chiesa probably the only the only bright spark on that pitch and he is apparently yeah. seven can this be right guys correct me if this is definitely seven. wrong he's apparently <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> seven years younger than the next youngest person in the squad on the pitch sorry that's I mean that is big big if true massive if true <laughs> I'm having <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 obviously that that team of uh, obviously of, of one or two players that everyone focuses on. Um, but if if those players weren't in the side, I think Roy Hodgson would probably would have been gone this time last season. They they, they obviously focus on on uh, on one or two players. Um, but would his legacy be judged a, a little kinder? I think sometimes when you've got those kind of players that that, that everyone focuses on, that's all anybody bloody talks about, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm true. doing it now. And of course, Zaha not not in the game for Palace last night. I mean, more exciting than possibly than the pitch was. Did you guys? I don't know if you guys follow Manchester United on on Instagram. They went, an employee went live accidentally on the club's official account to thirty seven thousand <laughs> people. <laughs> what you got if you were around? I mean, obviously the obvious gags about this being more fun to watch than what we experienced last night was a black screen mm. and someone making their lunch in the kitchen bless them i mean we just know what's going to happen next is they're going to have the same um, manchester united employee doing a little cooking show or something on instagram <laughs> i mean you, you can write this stuff you can very easily write this stuff well i was i was thinking that, that the next thing is they do exactly the same thing but mm. oh look it's Paul Pogba making a toasted sandwich. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah. definitely I, 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 I mean, that's going to happen, isn't it? Oh. Nice. Well, do you remember, like, my, my favourite bit of social media, I've probably said about, talked about it on the show, but it was, I think it was um, Balotelli um, trying to wrap a Christmas present on the Manchester City uh, YouTube. <laughs> it was just so, they used to do so much fun stuff on that channel. Really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I feel a bit dirty now that Brassel has realised what exactly is going to happen next on the uh, Instagram Live of Manchester United. Um, let's check in quickly before we get to a break to Turf Moor. A goal each for Burnley and Leicester at Turf Moor. Tonight, that last night was a night where chance for you know Manchester United and Leicester to really make it clear that there was some sort of a some sort of an attempt and a race, and and sadly they they didn't. I mean, yeah. We, we know but it's, it's, it's a, not. It's a, it's a theoretical chance rather than a realistic chance, That's isn't it? And not true, just because of, come not out just fighting, because of Manchester, <laughs> but not just because of Manchester City's form. I mean, like, like I said, United have attracted a lot of criticism for the way they played at, at Selhurst Park, and I kind of feel that they're in a similar boat to to Leicester, and Leicester even more so. The fact that they've got a lot of injuries at the moment, they just look gassed. Really, mm. um, I thought mm. they did quite well in the circumstances to get a point out of it because Burnley were really up for it. They were they were really good. They they created a lot of chances, which isn't very like them. Yeah. So I I just think you have to be a bit more pragmatic about about results in this sort of environment and just say you know I, I think it's so easy, especially after what happened to Leicester last season, for them to go a goal down and people going oh 
Here we go. Brendan Rodgers again. His team can't cope with it in the in the running. But I think that's really unfair, especially when you look at the players who, who didn't play. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the players are just going to be absolutely jonesing for that um, three days they're going to have off at the end of the season before the Euros. It's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be planning little jaunts here and there. Oh, I'm going to be on that sun lounger for literally five minutes. But um, Vidra's goal, I thought, um, I love goals that don't need to end up nestled in the top corner, but do. Yes. <laughs> it, just, it, it didn't need to go up there, but it did. And and, and, the, and the save, um, well, two decent saves from, from Schmeichel. The second one obviously better than the decent. first. Decent. I didn't see as much live, but watching it. Well, 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 there was a first, there was an incredible save from a header first yeah. time round from Schmeichel. And I, was like, and I was like, well, it's a good save, but it's not that good. And then the actual save happened after that, because I didn't yes. see the match live. Yes, I was like, yes. wow. He's like the quantum goalkeeper. He's in 10 places at the, the same time. It was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. He's just like it, it, going both directions. It, it was amazing. It was kind of like a little bit disrespectful as well, given that <laughs> Burnley is a home of great goalkeeping <laughs> in the Premier League or has been for the last little while. It's like yeah. sort of, it's a bit like going into the middle of the Bronx in the early 80s in your best Adidas tracksuit and like sort of standing in the middle of a load of kids and doing like a triple windmill. <laughs> hey guys, I've uh, just invented this new uh, music. It's called rap music. <laughs> that was so good. I also liked how, um, so Hamza Chowdhury, in the re- lead up to the first goal, the, the Vidra goal, Chowdhury made this crap sloppy pass in the general direction of Wilfred Ndidi and then it was spirited away. And uh, afterwards they just stood, Chowdhury and Ndidi and looked at each other with extreme beef. And I do like to see that happen, I'm afraid. It is enjoyable. (laughs) Was extreme beef what that guy was cooking in the microwave? (laughs) Uh, Chelsea have apparently got a a machine for cooking their boots in the microwave. We might might come on to it. Uh, Yeah, and and guys, we haven't even talked about the bloody... Indeed, he definitely made up for it later, later on in the game, didn't he? With that amazing assist sort of... I think actually, I think the commentator described it as like a like a quarterback pass uh, to mm. Kalichi and Nacho. Watched it over his head, volleyed it in. That was that was cool. It was cool, but can you say quarterback pass one more time? Because I know that there's a significant section of uh, certainly British based football fans who are very upset with the use of American sportisms in football. Like uh, quarterback is one baller is another balling really? out is, oh, is another so the, the the more of more of these that you can wedge in i'm, I'm certainly in yeah. favor of it the way he hit that rock was amazing <laughs> you, do i get the impression that Hashtag you're trying to gridiron. trying to draw the fire from yourself brass onto me possibly <laughs> I, I i think as well you can't say nothing but net when it's a goal because <laughs> that, that is literally the only place it can go it's when it's in it the is. goal yeah should there be like a should there be holes in the net so it allows you to brush the net slightly as it goes through? Yeah, maybe. We've got goal line technology now. We don't we don't need the nets technically. Yeah, Have I mean something else in there. A big contact lens. In in, in Scotland, I think it would be nothing but stanchion, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Uh, well, yeah, and obviously less than missing James Madison. I, every team is missing people. I don't think that's probably that useful a contribution from me. But um, I learned that their sports science team is headed by Dr. Brian English, who's known as the Sandman for his work on training in sand pits. I like it. I, th- I think it's. Uh, I think it's good to try different stuff. Though when you said Sandman, I did think, oh, Pete wearing his PJs 
I could do with an extra 10 minutes in bed. <laughs> they are Metallica PJs, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, there. I, I used to uh, sing Enter Sandman very quietly uh, to my eldest son when it was, when it was bedtime. Oh, oh, that's lovely. Or creepy, depending and on which way you look at it. scary as well. <laughs> After Never Never Land. <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever I think about like um, footballers doing like uh, a training uh, in, in sand, I always think of, I think it was Robbie Savage uh, in Johannesburg. No, he was, he was in South Africa for the World Cup and he said, I didn't have a problem with... Um, with elevation, high elevation, um, uh, um, and, and playing at uh, at, at height, mm. um, because I did a run run around on the beach this morning, and my lungs were fine. <laughs> <It's> so, <weird. laughs> so yeah, there's a reason for that, Robbie. You silly sausage. It's good to have that kind of confidence, isn't it? Um, <laughs> will there be more? I mean, for more of that lovely singing, Brussel listeners can of course catch on the continent today, can't they? Don and Andy. Yeah, over on Football it's, it's, Ramble Presents. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not me who gets to sing. Obviously, uh, Dotton leads the way and uh, I merely provide backing vocals. Um, but uh, yeah. David Cartledge will be harmonising with us today as we get stuck into Barcelona, amongst other things. And yes, as you say, over on Football Ramble Presents. He, Five hours short. He's a, <laughs> he's a base, isn't he? Yeah, David Cartledge. Yeah, that'll be really enjoyable. All right, uh, Pete, you've got three minutes for a nap. We're going to a break. Hi, I'm Frank Elbeuf. You're listening to the Football Ramble. Uh, guys, you've just missed a bit of mad Pete Donaldson chatter, but apparently there's plenty more from that well. Welcome back to the Football yeah. Ramble. Me, Andy and Pete <laughs> with you today. And now it's time for a few of these. Just in the show at footballramble.com Right now, so I'll kick off this one today with Alex Christensen. He sent us an email with the subject, you'll never guess who my dad's second cousin's husband is. Go on, guys, then. Start up start for 10. Pick yours. <laughs> Here we go. I don't have one of those massive extended families, but we do all see each other every few years. Weddings, funerals, etc. Oh, Alex. Um, I've only ever been at one event with my dad's second cousin's husband, though, and it wasn't even a family get-together. I was in the crowd supporting Doncaster Rovers and Glyn Hodges, for it is he, my dad's second cousin's husband, was in the home dugout managing, as we know, Brussels smiling away in his in his bedroom, wherever he is, managing AFC Wimbledon. You might think that being the manager's wife's second cousin's son would get you box seats or flutes of champagne. But surprisingly, there was no special treatment for me as I watched Rovers throw away a half-time lead. That's a bit cheeky, isn't it? You'd have thought they'd roll out the red carpet. But it's a wonderful end to the story as Rovers throw away a half-time lead. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. (laughs) Look at that smirk. (laughs) You've got to take it where you can when you're in our position in League One. I'm just really impressed that Alex Christian knows who his dad's second cousin's husband is, though. Like, mm. you... maybe, maybe he's on Ancestry.com or whatever. I always get emails from third cousins going, have you seen my uncle? I was like, look, 
they're all wrong ones, my family. So. <laughs> <laughs> so don't try and chase them. You'll never find them. Sorry, did you just say, Pete, you always get emails from your third cousins? Yeah, I, d- I did that DNA thing, which now I can't commit any uh, terrible murders. Um, <laughs> any more all, terrible I've, I've, murders. I've happily, yeah. hand- exactly, I've, I've happily handed out my uh, DNA. Uh, but um, yeah, I get an email every, every few weeks going... Um, you have a new match and it's always like an American um, third, fourth, fifth cousin. Um, And I had an email from um, uh, an Indian lady um, a little while ago saying, have you seen my dad? Um, oh my god! He was in Manchester, and I was like, I, I, I don't. As long as it's not Stuart Donaldson, I've got no information for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry for a blesser, but she's looking for her dad. So there you go. So that's the new podcast. Pete helps. Uh, distance family members <laughs> find their dads. Because <laughs> when you said I've got a new match, I thought that this was some very unpleasant dating website. That... <laughs> <laughs> it would be very unpleasant if you were dating distant members of your family, wouldn't it? Oh, dear. Mate, it's like, would you like to be the father of a concert pianist? Well, m- marry within your cousin. Very gifted. Uh, we got an email from <laughs> Gaz Williams. My landlord is, can he do it on a balmy evening in Miami's Ryan Shawcross? Mm. Ryan Shawcross, my landlord. Uh, weirdly, we were both teammates in the same county side for a number of years, so the whole situation is probably an apt representation of how our lives have gone since those heady days for Flincher School boys. Fantastic. Oh, landlord footballer. Wonderful. Does do they come around personally and fix lights and It's gonna be difficult for him to commute, stuff? isn't it, Ryan? Oh you see, I I, I I was hearing that wrong. I heard landlord as in gaffer of local pub. Because that oh, is yes. that, that is very eighties right. footballer, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's very didn't do Julian Dix had have a have a have a pub and he yeah, refused Kerry to talk Dixon. about football. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Right, this one's from David Jumble. My great grandfather was Scottish footballer Alex. Donaldson. Hello. Oh. That's my dad. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he spent most of his career at Bolton Wanderers with brief spells at other clubs, including Manchester City. The best story about him is that he was selected to play for England, but whilst on the way to an international game, revealed that he'd been born in Scotland. <gasps> I have subsequently inherited some dusty Scottish caps and a fickle nature. Oh, that's wonderful. On the way that's to the absolutely game. absolutely wonderful. What is he doing? Would it be like, oh, back then, would there be different rules? You had to, you know, represent the, the country you were actually born in rather than, you know, grandfather and, and kind of slightly more distant relation. I mean, that's a good question. I always th- found it a bit curious that uh, Trevor Stephen of uh, Everton and Marseille mm. fame had kind of a Scottish accent, despite being an English, mm. England international, because, uh, well, he, he was from Berwick, wasn't he? he was you know, English, yeah. English born, but uh, only just. Oh, I've never known where Berwick is. Isn't that the one? Isn't that where we're fighting the Scots and stuff? It's just, over, or just over the border, isn't it? Or so not, on that train well, up to just, oh, just yeah, not over the border. specifically not over the border, as I now learn. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we broadcast the world, so it depends on which border you're talking about. That's, That's true, and I'm not fighting any Scots. <laughs> just to be clear, that will never be happening. Uh, email us show at footballramble.com. Tweet at footballramble, and actually, Jamaica might have been interested to hear all of the analysis that Brass was just providing on how, how exactly you get to sign up for various countries. Because apparently, the five-time Caribbean champions are plotting an audacious move to call up ten 
10 England stars, as the uh, as a paper of ill repute put it in the thing I read, uh, to their senior squad, including, but not limited to, Mikel Antonio, Damari Gray, Max Ahrens and Nathan Redmond ahead of next year's World Cup in Qatar. I mean... Aaron's about to sign, to sign for Bayern, isn't he, Brass? And he should have—he nearly went to Barca, so I'm not sure I'm up to losing him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the idea of <laughs> this super team being put together. It's very Miami Heat. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Ivan Tony's on the list as well, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. is. Andre Gray, is, Isaac Hayden. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kamar I do Ruth. kind of wonder, I do kind of wonder with Damari Gray, has he had Leon Bailey in his ear since he's arrived at Bayer Leverkusen? Because if he has, I mean, Bloody hell, that is quick work because he's only been there five minutes. <laughs> I just think that, I mean, A, it's the only um, matches Redmond's going to play, I'm sure, <laughs> for the next few months because he's been terrible. But um, as, as discussed on uh, Monday or Tuesday. But um, uh, yeah, I'd like in, uh, in weeks and months and years in which you're not allowed to travel anywhere, mm. I imagine a couple of matches in that part of the world looks pretty bloody good right now. <laughs> well, for sure. But can, can you imagine them going into a... World Cup situation with Ivan Tony and Mikel Antonio up front. I'm having that. Um, look, um, Ivan Tony. I, I don't know why he isn't. Obviously, he's uh, he's moved up a level recently. But like, he he's a he's a hell of a footballer, yes. and, and and he will probably go on um, and, and achieve a heck of a lot more at a higher level. So another one that yeah, slipped I, through the old Newcastle net. Yeah, <laughs> don't need him. No better than what Peter Beasley's already got <laughs> or had. Rest is foul, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like quite the team. I'm, uh, I'm into it. I like the idea of tiny nations punching above their weights. Although, yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with the uh, errands going. Mikel Antonio reportedly <laughs> is going to accept their latest, latest approach. So it sounds like this is a long-term strategy. But anyway, Concacaf uh, qualification starts this month. Are we in March yet? Yes, we are. Um, starts this month, so they need to crack on. Uh, and they and look, Jamaica have got some heritage here, apart from just incredibly fast runners. More broadly, they had a great side in the 1998 World Cup, um, including Frank Sinclair, Marcus Gale, and in the run up to that one, they went on a 25 game tour. So I don't know. I think they might their their build up might be a little bit. Um, limited by factors beyond their control. But I, I'd, I'd be very much keen for going to watch a side featuring all these guys, Brass. Well, of, of course, France, you, you think about as characterising the 98 World Cup for obvious like social, cultural, political reasons, as well as them being the host nation. But I remember Jamaica very vividly from the World Cup because, of course, when West Ham fans always say, oh, we won the, the 66 World Cup, or Arsenal fans say, we won the 98 World Cup. And Tottenham say, fans well, say, we got us you know, to the semi-final of, last, of the last one. Yeah, I, 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 I say Wimbledon drew the first half against Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Completely agree. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, well, good luck to them, frankly. Uh, range, good luck also to Rangers, but that's not why we're talking about them. Four points of the, off the Premier, Scottish Premiership title are Rangers. More significantly, what they've been doing is signing a Bitcoin Bitcoin? Bitcoin deal, Pete. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of that. What have you got in your silo? Bitcoin. <laughs> it's like something that gets stuck in your teeth, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or worse. Don't eat that corn on the cob. <laughs> it's called Bitkey. Bitsy. Bitkey.com. And basically, they've got mm. a logo that's going to apparently be on their shorts and they're going to provide fan tokens. 
um, which, as I yeah, obviously a lot of yeah, like, you can tell me what is it. Obviously a lot of like tech, tech, tech <laughs> obviously a lot of tech bros in America uh, have started buying uh, a lot of like videos of LeBron James doing his thing. Is that right, Andy? The, 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 yeah. it's, the, it's the new kind of trading. Mm-hmm. Ca- it's basically I, I've I've had a dalliance with Ooh. a football kind of fantasy league game called So Rare. Uh, it looks very expensive. Uh, I'm not going to continue with it, uh, and, but I have bought a lot of very underwhelming J-League players. Oh. But I am on the lookout for Peter Utaka. They've not released a card with Peter Utaka on. If I just have one bit of Bitcoin uh, kind of crypto art, I want that card with Peter Utaka on it, all right? That's all I want. I know he's going to be retiring soon, but he's having a lovely time in the J-League right now. <laughs> That's all I want. You, you, and then I can just retire. You say he's going to be retiring soon. There's no such thing as retiring quite soon in the J-League, is there? <laughs> no, no, there really isn't. S- King Kazu, uh, I think, came on the field uh, uh, last l- yesterday, I think, in a, in a cup match. So, <laughs> <laughs> Get on him. And um, PSG, as we perhaps might expect, I don't know, have already gone down this route. They've allowed their fans, the fans who've bought this currency, to vote. This is big, guys. To vote on the inspirational message... For the captain's armband. Now it looks as though they've learned from the Boaty McBoatface experiment because they've given their shareholders three options. Would you like to hear what the options are? Are they announce messy, announce messy, and announce messy? <laughs> Similar. They are, and the the fan tokens are called dollar sign PSG. I don't know how you read that. Dollar sign PSG. Anyway, the options are fifty years, forty trophies, only one passion. Number two, Easy Say Paris. And number three, our history will become legendary. Feeling inspired, I can see, Pete. They're all hopeful, aren't they? They're very sort of like, something will happen soon. <laughs> the last one. I th- I'd like to say there's an obvious winner because one, really plugs into the history of the club and two, are utterly repellent. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't mean that the, the correct one is going to be the winner, obviously. But Yeah. Yeah. In the words in the words of Steven Gerrard last night, that's fucking bang wrong. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bang wrong circuit. Um also, speaking of sponsors, I don't care that this hasn't any relevance to what we've just been talking about. It has to happen. Swansea City yesterday announced that they secured a humoric sponsor for 2020 21. Who's coming nice. in with us who's coming that- in with the puns? Go. <laughs> I'm not a pun slinger, Andy. Are you, are you gonna are you gonna flirt with a bit of punnery? No, but I, I look. I'm I'm not hiding the fact that I've got a lot of skin in the turmeric game. So oh, yeah? you know, yeah, yeah, it matters to me. So uh, have I missed you know, this? So, so, Swansea, Swansea are my second team from now on. Uh, they're, they're taking turmeric seriously. Oh God, have I? I like, is that I, not how it's, I like, Is it not turmeric? Oh, uh, it, it's it's extremely good for your throat between broadcasts. I can't tell if you're joking oh, or not. Right? Are you actually big in the turmeric game? And also, is that am I pronouncing it wrong? Is this an American I, I thing? Yeah, yeah. I think America. It's, it's a bit like aluminum. I think. Oh dear. Are you are you kind of like basting your throat, <laughs> in, in kind of like marinating your throat in turmeric? That's right. Every the broadcast. Every moment that you're speaking. Every every moment that either Pete or Kate is speaking, listeners. I am. I've I've got like a long stick. <laughs> the turmeric like, challenge like, swilling it around it's like it's like a reverse covid test it's like that notable time that uh talk sport presenter tried to eat cinnamon perhaps water water 
Wonderful. But I'd, I would love to see an Andy Brassel barbecue rub released. <laughs> Andy Brassel's Texas barbecue rub. <laughs> Look, we've got to get this shop up and running after the pandemic. Yeah. I, I don't know why it didn't happen during the pandemic, you know. I know. Yeah, like no. a, like a Andy Brassel, Swansea City... Uh, enjoy my jerk seasoning brown sugar and cayenne shoring up the back line in front of Freddie Woodman <laughs> I'd definitely buy it I'm sad it doesn't exist already although it's a bit Andy Brassel's jerk it seems a bit <laughs> potentially disrespectful well, he's got the poppers uh, disclaimer, he doesn't have the poppers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tonight, there is more Premier League action for yet more. You don't, frankly, you don't have to fucking watch it, I would say. Don't watch it. Just, yeah, just, don't whinge just, about it. If you're going to watch it, don't, don't whinge, whinge about, about it. You made it. that choice. Don't watch it. Don't complain about it being shit. Don't be sad when Fulham draw nil-nil with Spurs or... West Brom possibly win against Everton or Liverpool won, Chelsea won. Don't complain. Don't watch it. Just listen to Marcus, Luke and Andy in the morning, I would say. That's my advice. You guys got any advice for the listeners before we head off? Well, the last bit of that advice is fairly solid. I I feel weird endorsing your advice, but yeah, (laughs) let's let's go with that. Pete? Um, uh, Stay in school, kids. (laughs) <laughs> this was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.